Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You are listening to the Dope Black Moms Podcast. I am delighted to have author, writer, adoption advocate, single dad, and certified DILF, Leon Wenham on the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What an introduction. <laughs> we should just give up right now. What, what else can you say after that? Uh, I can cook. I'm going to cook. <laughs> can I add that to my bio? Nice, you should. You should. What, what, what's your signature dish? Do you know what? I'm a creature of habit and I just think once you find something that works, just don't deviate, don't mix it up. So if I'm having like people over for dinner, I'll do like a fried chicken. Um yes. But I do mine in the oven. I don't do it on the in the pan because it's too much oil. Controversial, controversial. Well, okay. it's, it's, it's keep, cute. Keep talking. We're not going to add this to the bio. All right. Um, rice. I do like a nice curry mutton. Or I, sometimes I use a leg of lamb and cook it in the same way. Um, all, all kinds of stuff. I like to kind of mix it up. Serious. That, that's, that's, that's serious cooking there. Yeah, you know, water for ducks back. <laughs> right. We are here to talk. And mm-hmm. not to talk about your cooking, even though okay. I love, I love hearing about your cooking. <laughs> so I'm just going to get straight to it and go okay. to the, the hard stuff. Well, not, it could not be hard, but the, but okay. the tough stuff. Okay. So I want to know more about your relationship with your father. Okay. So my father is, is a great guy. He's um, very different. Um, he's quite calm quite reserved quite a placid man um wasn't really a disciplinarian um was he soft mm, maybe but we always respected him me and my sister um so he he, he was a good guy a good is he's still alive um a good role model um and it's probably worth mentioning he's not my biological father he was my mum's um first husband so on paper stepfather but essentially He's my dad. He's your father. That's how I see him, yeah. And what was Father's Day like for you growing up? Um, I can't remember it being like a big deal in our household, to be honest. Same with Mother's Day. Um, So obviously, of course, the obligatory card, mug, socks, tie, um, aftershave. But I think after a while, maybe like towards my late teens, kind of didn't really bother because he wasn't really interested. So it wasn't really a a thing if I'm honest okay okay and now being a father what does father's day mean to you I mean obviously my little one's only seven so I don't have any expectation um in terms of gifts or anything I think for me it's more like time to reflect on my journey as a father um and yeah just for us to spend the day together it's not like a massive massive deal um but I do like to kind of do something with my little man just uh, us day we always have us days as it's just the two of us but I just think something nice maybe led by him even though it's my day but you, you know <laughs> you know how <laughs> it goes so yeah but, but yeah I do I do acknowledge it and you know it's it's I know a lot of great fathers um as in like my friends and some family members so I always like to acknowledge it to them and wish them happy father's day as well but 
yeah, it's not a big, big, big deal to me as a father. That makes okay. sense. Your adoption journey. Um, for anyone listening who might be considering adoption or it just feels, I don't know, like the unknown. I just wanted to hear a little bit about your journey um, and what it was like for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm 43. I was 43 um, last week. Woof, woof. Um, <laughs> nice. Looking but, good. Um, well, yeah, a few great. <laughs> I, I I first thought about adoption when I was eighteen, which seems quite bizarre because that's a you know most eighteen year olds aren't necessarily thinking about adoption. That would have been around ninety eight, ninety nine. Um, but I just I don't know how it came into my head, but I just you know that's when I recall thinking that I wanted to be a dad via adoption. I'm a gay man, so I knew that my um my route into parenthood wasn't going to be the conventional route. Um. And yeah, I think as the years went on, it kind of popped in and popped out. And I think once I got to, you know, late 30s, I started to seriously consider it. At 19, was this just, what what was it? A yearning for... At 18. Um, 18. I wouldn't even say, uh, um, it's just something that I remember being very aware of and almost saying in my head, I'm going to adopt when I'm older. I, I, I actually remember Aww. thinking that, but I didn't really know how to get there. Or to be honest, if I think back, I don't even think gay men adopting was even legal back then if I'm if I remember correctly you just knew you were going to do it I love that what were you wanting in place before you could start thinking about it so my house I wanted to be mm-hmm. kind of you know in a career that was that felt solid um a house that was a family home at the time I was living in a flat when I first moved to London from Sheffield once I'd sold my flat I bought this four bedroom house with the intention of it being a family home um so though I adopted alone <clears throat> I always knew I was going to adopt alone don't ask me why I, I don't know um so when I bought this place it was very much it was all part of the journey so once I'd done the refurb it was like okay let's start going to open evenings let's start doing some more research online like it seemed it seemed a bit more real and a bit more tangible and and, and, re- and within my reach because I'd researched it a lot more whereas before I hadn't I love I don't think, I, I, I feel that way about children. I mm-hmm. knew I always wanted to be a mother. Mm-hmm. But the clarity with which you are planning your life, mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm a bit in awe of that. That's, that's, you've got your ish together. Thank you. But again, as a woman, your route probably would have been True. looked a lot more straightforward. True. Um, yeah. Whereas I, I knew that my route had, would, would have been either surrogacy or adoption. Mm-hmm. And surrogacy was never, it never really was an option for me, if I'm honest. Um, so, yeah, as I said, once I bought the house, started to do the research, and I thought, actually, I can do this. You know, when you're looking at the requirements, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm over 21. You know, I've got the, the space, mm-hmm. I've got the means. It was almost like, okay, check, check, check. It just nice. seemed reachable, you know, attainable. Nice. Um, and how long did that research take? Because that that sort of thing, looking onto it from an outsider, Mm. it feels like there's loads of paperwork. It's a really um, tricky form. It feels like it's intrusive. It feels like it's going to be asking loads of things. For me, I'd have to sit down and like, right. Let me yeah. do this. You know? <laughs> well, that so, so the research was kind of ad hoc. So you're talking about the actual, you know, the assessment process, which is intrusive. Yes, they want to know all your business, and I'm talking all your business See? or your family's business. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do get put off by that, if I'm honest. And um, did you have to go and talk to your family to get? Yes. See, that's yeah. quite a hard conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, 
they don't I mean like, so for me the you know the ones who don't eat school I've attended each job I've had past relationships I've been in you know same with family members like parents etc you know as, as a community culturally we don't want people in our business right mm-hmm. so you know my mom was just like why are you telling my business why are you doing <laughs> I was like yeah but we've got nothing to hide like it is what it I is baby, mom. do you know what yeah. I mean so um so at first she was a bit like mm, not too sure but it's just and it's a generational thing as well you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the actual assessment process took around I want to say around seven around seven months or so for the actual okay. assessment okay um and then once you're assessed you then have to be approved as Ooh. an adopter um, and, and, and what are the chances of not being approved at that stage? Well, I mean, look, the assessment process is very thorough, so they don't usually put people up to panel unless they're pretty convinced that all will be good, you know. Okay. And if you're not approved, it's a case of maybe just a bit more clarity or information about X, Y, and Z that they need before they do so. It's very rare would you go through the whole assessment process and then at the end of it not be approved by a panel. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And, and the panel itself, although I was sweating, my oh my god, my palms <laughs> were so sweaty, like literally. Um, it lasted about. Oh, I, I had to go to Cos before signature look, little thin knit polo, like little slim, well skinny jeans when I was skinny, um, okay. a little Chelsea boot, doused myself in some niche fragrance. I literally walked into there like I was on Dior's catwalk I'm own this. <laughs> and, and was this a day for the good good face cream listen always <laughs> a day for the good good face cream um and I think because because obviously I worked in fashion at the time and I that kind of background as silly as it sounds because it was completely different but I just embodied I guess this confident person that I, I guess maybe then not that they're not used to seeing confident people but I just treat it like I was in an interview for a, a fashion brand so my persona mm-hmm. was very fresh very confident I was ready you know I just feel like that really helped with their decision making as well like it was so quick I was in there for like 11-12 minutes wow after all yeah all exactly I was, I was like is that it wait till my outfit man I, want, I wanted to get interrogated <laughs> it's nothing like a wasted outfit <laughs> You got approved. Yes. How did that feel? Amazing. Um, yeah. If I'm honest, I think as soon as I walked in and, and I kind of, you know, greeted everybody and I think after the first question or so, like they were all just smiling, nodding. So mm-hmm. not being like cocky, yeah. but I just thought, yeah, I've got this, you know. So mm-hmm. when, when they, they let you leave the room and then you, you know, they come back in and my, I was in my in the room on my own when they were, you know, asking me the questions. But then when they brought me back in, because my mum had come down as well, so she Aww. was able to come in with me and they, they told me and I was just like, yes. Yeah. So it was an amazing feeling because it was just like, wow, this is getting real now. You know, one step closer. Was there any little bits of fear creeping in of like, shit, this is actually getting real right now? Yeah, but it's still, although I was closer, I still, because there was like no child or no name or no picture, Mm -hmm, it still mm -hmm. felt like I was quite far away from actually having a child in my house if that makes sense yeah because you know you can be approved as an adopter but it could take you six nine eight months to match with a child mm-hmm. um mine took a month after which was <laughs> which is good so yeah it, it was it was amazing okay. my, my, and I like to share my journey because there's a lot of misconception in terms of you know how long it takes and not every yeah. journey is going to be as smooth and as slick as mine was mm-hmm. but it's really important to share that it can be quite quick as well um, it is important because I think that can put people off a lot of course I, I would think the paperwork how intrusive the approval mm-hmm. process could be mm-hmm. I think that's all quite difficult especially 
not that there's anything we want to hide, but there's things that you just, we all make mistakes and, mm-hmm. and you know, there are things we wish we'd made different choices mm-hmm. and to have mm-hmm. to go over those sort of things and say that mm-hmm. loud in a room mm-hmm. and feel mm-hmm. judged. Yeah, I mean, well, look, I mean, you don't, I think at, at the panel process, I think you don't really get, they just ask you basic stuff about your support support network or schools okay. or your job. So it's very light stuff because all the details of they would have read in the reports anyway so when obviously to the social worker who you're assigned to then you need to go there but you know again that really helps because mine was amazing so we had a really good relationship we're still in touch today um and it just made it seem a lot easier it was very organic I didn't ever feel that she was up in my business well she was up in my business (laughs) but that's her job but I didn't ever feel offended by that you know yeah yeah, well, I know that this... she's good at her job. Yeah, oh, amazing. And it really, really helps. Really amazing. helps. So you and your mum walked out there with your approval. Yeah. And then what happened? We went for breakfast. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was, obviously, I didn't eat. Uh, I was of course. So nervous. Too nervous. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to, God, I think it was like a like a Turkish or Mediterranean place I can't remember but it was something something cute I mean I didn't have anything healthy I just went straight in for the fry because I was like girl I need to eat because <laughs> you know I, I can relax now <laughs> yeah 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 undo, undo the top button absolutely you've done it you've done it amazing yeah. so you said from then it took around a month for you to match but it can take longer for yeah us. and when I, when I say match, maybe I need to clarify that so it took about a month for me to find my son um who you basically there's a, there's a website called link maker so once you're approved as an adopter you get a special pass- password and you can access a website called link maker and i guess that's i don't like to use this comparison but it's just easy to get a visual imagine like a tinder type setup i thought you were going to say that i thought you were going to say that <laughs> so you've just so got a tinder the... setup of just all these amazing Profi- children yeah so profiles oh. of so photographs um, with a little bio essentially some likes and dislikes like food play la 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 but it doesn't obviously give you any insight into their background because obviously you know pnc um Mm -hmm. so yeah essentially you look on there you can you can specify region age um can you specify race i think you can actually yeah gender ethnicity yeah yeah yeah, all that yeah yeah. so it can be quite it's quite um specific and that's something as well because a lot of people think once you adopt you just get you know handed a child and like there you go where Uh, you can you can choose what background uh, it comes from and was that important for you of course i mean you know the the amount of black children that are in the care system is a, a lot higher um mm-hmm. I mean, and, and they wait nearly 50 percent longer to be adopted than the yeah. non-black children so of course yeah. I, I would never go into it then not adopt like a child of color that would mm-hmm. be insane for me personally mm-hmm. all children are deserving of loving homes of course mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know when our own children are in the care system especially boys as well yes um, how can you not it's, it's it's really important for me as a, as a black man as well you know to to, to do that so found him saw him online you know I then you did know, you know right away when you saw yeah, him yeah Aww. yeah I did and and, and you know what all the training that we did in the lead up we're told like once you see that like once you know you know like as soon as you see that picture it's almost like, like love at first sight <gasps> and I was just like oh here we go but it was true because so yeah there were a few and I was like okay and it's like as thick as it sounds okay they're cute and you know the, the bio sounds okay and that's kind of all you have to go by right but mm. when I saw him oh my I'm god sure like, yeah his little feet and the <laughs> smile and I just thought this is my boy like oh. I just know and he's got the exact same smile today oh. that he did on that picture 
Oh, there's nothing like it. <laughs> that I'm just beaming listening to you. Ah, mm. oh, so you found your son. Yes. Amazing. Tick. Yes. Now, I know your son had lived with mm. numerous foster carers mm -hmm. until he was four. Mm -hmm. Any fear walking into that? Any advice on, on how you would approach that? Or anything you needed to hear? Or anything you would change or do differently now that you've been through that process? So I think, so to answer the first part of the question, I think, you know, yes, it did concern me that there was so many move, moves, because um, essentially the first thing you think is, is this child going to be unsettled? What What's the emotional trauma coming yeah. with those moves? You know, at the time I'd be like, what's the, what's the emotional baggage? Which obviously I'm not really... What am I dealing with? Yeah, this? exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let's, let's you know, just to elevate in the room, all adopted children come with trauma, um, especially older ones that can remember um even if you have a child from a baby and you're all they know there's still going to be trauma later on that kind of you know why did my birth mom or family not want me there's always going to be that it's, it never goes away I've spoken to a lot of adult adoptees um so that was my first thing how is he going to react to yet another move the second one is you know I'm the only black person that is is lived with so from a cultural perspective what's going to be happening because um you know, we are there. There is a difference in terms of how we're parented, and foster carers aren't their parents, so they don't necessarily have the boundaries in place that parents would have. You know, mm -hmm. so it mm -hmm. just makes. I was thinking it's going to make my job a lot easy, a lot harder. You know, um, so it wasn't a case of what I needed to kind of hear to make it easier. It was just about me really thinking long and hard about my support or how I'm going to cope with potential challenges that present themselves. But honestly, again, to consider what he's been through, that little boy came in this house on the first day, walked straight up to his bedroom, went into mm -hmm. the bathroom, and was oh, this is posh. <laughs> he's walking um, to a four-bedroom house. <laughs> and then like, he ran around his room, he went to bed at night, oh. like, like he'd always been here. There was no, I mean, he called me up a few times, but most four-year-olds do that anyway, right? Yeah. But there was nothing, like it was fine. It was like, this is too good to be I'm true. Home. Exactly, oh, exactly that. And um, I have to think back. I mean, it's been three three years now. And honestly, Nina, like, mm. it's like I'm almost waiting for the, the ish to hit the fan. No, because, it's not. It's not. Because it's, it's almost like, why has it been so straightforward? When I hear <sighs> some stories that are, no, they're not the same. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Like, it was meant to be. Like, he's my child. Everybody who meets him, they're like, this is your son. Like, characteristics. This everything is your son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and can i just ask your heritage yeah so jamaican jamaican and yeah. you're raising your son yeah and as he... a jamaican black man yeah so he's um just for context his, his birth mom is white british okay. and his father is um jamaican okay so okay. yeah he's one of us He's one of us. <laughs> oh, so you're going to have to take him to Jamaica at some point. Listen, he's obsessed. I don't even know where it comes from. He told his school he was born in Jamaica. Lies. Yeah, um, yeah, he, yeah. he just, he's, I mean, I've shown him loads of like photographs from when I used to go growing up. And, yeah. you know, he knows obviously stories about my childhood in Jamaica when I used to go on holidays. So he's just really is really um he just wants to go he, he loves it he loves the music that he... is going to be a moment when you watch him experience Jamaica for the first time i can't mm. wait I mm. can't <laughs> oh okay that all sounds like a dream to be honest 
I mean, look, it's not perfect. I mean, I'm a single parent, you know, yes. first and foremost, and yes. um, I'm raising a child that is adopted and has had multiple homes. So yes, of course, you know, he came and and he, there's not been any major, major issues. But of course, there are times where, you know, he, he gets upset and, you know, pines for a birth mom and tries to understand oh. his life story. But all that's normal. And it's about how you support it and how open you are with those conversations. And I'm super open. He knows he can speak to me at any time about things totally. that are bothering him. Usually at the time when we're leaving to go to school and we're already late or we're in yeah, the tube yeah, yeah. and everyone can ones. listen to our conversations. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what, what's important for me is not to kind of um, embrace it when he, when he brings it up. So, you know, totally. space. I, and I could imagine dropping your ego mm. out of it, you know, mm. focusing on him. Oh, hundred percent. It's not about yeah, me and my feelings. Because, you know? because sometimes when our resources are low as mm-hmm. as parents it mm-hmm. can be really easy to feel that defense yeah kind of kick in yeah. when really obviously your child's sitting there asking and it, and it does take a moment for me sometimes mm-hmm. just to have a deep breath and like right mm-hmm. let me just sit down and focus on what you're actually asking me rather mm-hmm. than you mm-hmm. know letting everything get on top of me Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com but looking back is there any advice you wish you had had or anything that you would have found useful going into this process uh i mean as i said i i i was i'm a, I'm a, research. Sing- yeah, research. I'm a single parent by choice um but mm-hmm. you know it, it's hard um yeah. So I think, I mean, look, it is what it is. I can't change anything, but I maybe, I didn't appreciate how hard it it, it is being a single parent who works oh, full time yes. and very little support. Because, you know, you have to do this thing about, about your support network when you were going through the process. So when I look about, when I look at what it was to look at what it is now, it's, it's like it's cut in half and then some and then right. some more so really and truly I don't have that support network I've got a few friends my my, my sister lives in Essex um I've got a I've got a, a really close um female friend of mine that that has had him um on occasions and mm-hmm. but when yeah, your baby's uh, ill or you need to run to the shop you need to do drop and do a little something well being a single parent it is yeah. tough I mean there was this yeah. instance recently a couple of months ago he had tonsillitis and um I'd run out of Calpol, um, yeah. and it was like about half nine, and he was burning up, and I was like, 
well, I can't take him to the shop at this time. It was cold. Yeah. Like, so what, what am I going to do? And I, I almost felt a bit of frustration in that moment. Cause I was like, I'm here. Like, I'm trying to, you know, make sure that he's okay. I can't leave him. He needs to call Paul. And I called one of my, um, I messaged one of my school mum friends who lives close Aww. by and I said, look, sorry to this, I know it's really late, but can you, can you just drive over with, with, with some carp on? And she's, her husband was out playing football, so he wasn't going to be home until like 11. Mm. And she's like, look, if you want, I can get him to get some um, on the petrol station on the way home and drop it off there. And I was like, well, that was my best option. So, I, you know, I, he did. And, and I was grateful for that. And, yeah. but yeah, that, that, that's, that's the one thing. It's the, the lack of resources and um, respite, I think. Yeah. You can't just, you can't just move like you used to. No. Everything's got to be planned and you've yes. got to think. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. But you got the cowpole. Mm-hmm. He's okay. <laughs> and you got through it. But I know that guilt, that shame, all of yeah. that, that frustration, all yeah. those sort of things just kind of kicking. It's like, I just want to make this go away right now yeah. and fix it. So going through the whole process, yep. how long did that take from the start to the to having your baby yeah, in your I'd, house? I'd say 12 months, just 12 over, months. a little over 12 months, yeah. That includes a whole assessment, then the, um, there's two panels, there's the um, matching panel once you've found a child, then there's the initial panel, so all of that, then there's like introductions that you have to do before you come, so yeah, just a little over a year, mm-hmm. like 12, mm-hmm. 13 months or so. And you think, and that was fast, is that what you th- yeah, yeah, yeah. speeding I mean, through the process? Yeah, because okay. some people have breaks in the process, some people, right. as I said, will take them six to eight months to find a child, a year or Probably. so maybe, so yeah. Okay, and are there any costs involved? No, that's more of an American thing, again, maybe another myth, um, yeah. so no, there isn't. If you, in the States, um, there's private adoption, which is quite expensive, or there's their equivalent of local authority adoption, which is a completely different process, but no. Um, I think international adoption may be, but from like local authority or, or, or charities, there's no cost in the UK. Okay. And going through this 12, 13 month process, did you come across any other single black men or any single black queer men mm. in kind of in general, what were the spaces like? Um, no. So I think I met I was given contact for one who my social worker either worked with or, or her colleague did, um, another black guy based in London. We're yet to meet up, but I found him, you know, really useful initially, really helpful, should I say, not useful. Um, but in terms of, like, seeing lots of people like me, especially in the UK, no, which obviously led me to, you know, for my own group um, of black gay dads um, around the world but yeah I didn't really see anybody like me and that that was it was a shame because it's so important now I've got the group it's I can see how helpful it is to have that community of dads like yourself as opposed to just black dads or just generic gay dads gay black dads who have had kids via adoption also because it like it's so our experiences are so so laid and they're so different um just being as in a space with other gay black dads is just not enough mm. you know and how do you what's the name of your group and how do you find it uh, gay black dads global so it's on facebook mainly and um, there's an instagram page but that's not really active so it's on facebook it's more active it's more interactive um so it's for gay um and bisexual black and dual heritage men and um, from the african diaspora um 
who have children via adoption surrogacy or maybe ones that have had children from a previous straight marriage, um, okay. which is also quite common. Okay. And what has the group given you? Um, a brotherhood, literally. Um, yeah. You know, it's a safe space because, you know, even when I was part of other black, and I, and I wanted to say this, actually, there are a lot of black parenting groups out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, it's quite apparent that a lot of them are set up for black heterosexual parents. And, and that felt stark. 100%. Really, and actually uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, just sometimes when you read certain things that were posted, you know, very blatantly homophobic, but your admins Oof. aren't shutting it down. Yeah. Or, you know, you'd be sharing lots of content and you ask them to share stuff and they they, they don't. So it was, it was very um, apparent that, I don't want to say you're not welcome here, but essentially that. Didn't you know? feel comfortable. Yeah, I didn't feel comfortable. Did I didn't feel welcome at all? Mm. I have to say that. So, and that's yeah. what you found in your group, a community, hundred percent, hundred percent, brilliant. And just looking back, what does it feel like to create a space like that? Because that must just um, bring you joy. That yeah, you well, know, that wasn't around for you, and now that is around. And I assume lots of people find it a powerful resource yeah i mean just last night i went to um a couple of dads from the group they live near me um went around for dinner so they've got two kids by surrogacy so i think it's the third time i've been to their house that oh my god they can cook oh my god i'm not not even lying to they they they're they're both nigerian and they I mean, they have to be able to cook. Though, yeah, they, 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 the levels. When I first went there, I was just like, like, is this for, for us? Like, or like, I was confused. It was like, it was a spread. Like, I thought it was like a christening or a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and I went there yesterday and they always pack you up. Like, the amount of pack-ups that I've, oh my God. Did you, did you bring Tupperware? Yeah. L- listen, oh, no, no, no. They, they all, they have, because they have the deep ones. I have mine are like the little thin ones. From the tr- they have the <laughs> deep, deep one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had like two different rices, meats. Like, oh, I had like okay. about, I had like four dinners today at lunch. Between like 11 and like maybe four, I had like four dinners. <laughs> but yeah it, it's that. nice we are now on my birthday the night before my birthday we went out another group of well another selection from the group went out for a birthday meal so it's just nice it's comfortable it's easy so yeah so glad I did it good good and it sounds like that group is really providing yeah it's just the support and the community which is brilliant but mm-hmm. it does bring up how dark the reality is you know how there is an issue in this country. There is a lack of representation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for the black community in adoption, for mm-hmm. the queer community in adoption. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, this is a big question, mm-hmm. but is there, what, what can we do to change this? Maybe short term and anything you want to see change long term? Um... I what, think, what is the root of the issue? What's going on here? It's so it's so complex. I think, mm. you know, culturally, adoption isn't something that we often do. You know, back in the day, maybe our parents' generation or grandparents' generations, there might be a lot of unofficial adoptions where somebody in the family might have a baby and then, you know, somebody else would yeah. raise it, la, la, la. Yes. But in terms of going through this actual process, it's not something we do. Um, there's a lot of lack of information. Um, you know, can I you know, can I, can, can I adopt? Well, first of all, what we, if we go back to what we discussed initially, 
culturally we don't want people in our business so the assessment process alone will put a lot of people off because you know let's be honest they, we don't trust the system as, as a community Absolutely. right um yeah. so when you've got you know not all social workers are white but let's for context you've got a, a white person coming into your home assessing your finances Getting delving into, into your family business yeah. literally walking around your home to check it suitable enough that mm-hmm. in itself will put people off then you've got the you know um you know, would I bond with my child and, you know, the shame of even, I mean, I've got lots of female friends that have got fertility issues and, you know, not even just black females, but just a lot of the time, just the shame alone of not being able to conceive the conventional way. Of course, It's really complex. And I think, um, I've got, I've got a lot of um, female friends actually, um, which is why I wanted to jump into this space, um, which is obviously predominantly black female and black mothers you know a lot of them are in their mid mid to late 30s early 40s who really want children and they're waiting for this you know knight in shining armor to come along and impregnate Mm. them and Mm. they can do the whole conventional happy ever after happy families type thing which is great and if it happens fantastic but the reality is i know you know some even up to early 50s who are still in that position and they're still waiting and my pushback to them is why have you not considered adoption up to now like what is it why you know obviously if you can meet somebody you can have children the conventional way and that's your choice then that you know that's what you want great but why haven't you considered adoption maybe five or ten years earlier because then you get to early mid or late 50s then it's maybe too late to consider either and what you've done is missed out and the opportunity of being a parent which you wanted so much mm. you know and what sort of what sort of answers are you getting back oh you know i want to experience motherhood i want to experience i want i want to i want to do it the right way i want to be a parent oh. the right way um yeah. i want to do it properly um, i mean you know when you saw your son oh he's yours my son and and that's yeah. the thing and, and another thing is you know that you know are they gonna bond because it's not there listen if my son falls over i get that same feeling yeah. in my gut like you would get if it was your but it's exactly yes. the same like it's, yes. it's your child um yes. or there's some where you know the, the 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 lady might want to the woman in a relationship might want to adopt but the man's ego is oh, i don't want to raise the next man's child and i've heard that before i've mm. heard that more than once in our community now there's somebody that I know and I believe that's that's the type of situation that's that's come about in their household and it's sad because I know that they would be an amazing mother an amazing Mm -hmm. parent but -hmm. because of the ego of the partner husband they're not able to and and it's just Mm. it's sad because I know that had if he was different maybe maybe an adoption would have taken place maybe that would have been an option Mm. um yeah it's how you view it like I had one friend say to me he's got two kids and he said you know if I adopted if we adopted and there was a, a third one what about the will would I leave him the same amount in my will I was like well of course, yes, of it's, course your you and it, it's your it's child it's just getting your head around yeah these the te- technicalities yeah. I know I think people do, do get too in their head yeah. about it and then start kind of planning or foreseeing things that could never happen yeah, exactly. it's all fear isn't it there's a and lack of education of, and understanding yeah, yeah yeah and you can't foresee any of this mm. right that's a lot that's a lot to combat <laughs> isn't it <laughs> so i mean anything anything short term that you you could do today that could squash 
some of this resistance or negativity or could just maybe make it a little bit more accessible, manageable, maybe not feel make it feel like such a mountain? I, I think information is key. Um, so going to adoption, kind of open days, really asking the questions of adoptee, adopters, sorry, social workers, really understanding the process for you as an individual, because someone can speak about it and whatever. But I think when you go to an open day and you hear people speak and you're in the room and you're in presence of other people that are considering adoption, I think it just, again, it makes it a bit more real and it kind of crushes a lot of that anxiety and because, you know, when people are speaking amongst themselves and they haven't actually educated themselves on it, like, you're going around in circles. Whereas if you go to a, a place that's informative and that has information for you to, to 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 learn from, I think it just makes it a lot easier and clearer in, in your mind if it's the right option for you or not. And it might not be. Mm, but, but at least you've had the conversation and done would, the research. Yeah, and as I said, there's so many of our children in the care system languishing, especially boys. It's just a shame that more of our community aren't considering adoption as a route into parenthood. Can you share any of the black joy, any of the highs of the journey, maybe from your experience or from your group? Yeah, so I remember one, it sticks out to me. I think it was um, three, no, about three months in and he was at nursery, started nursery part-time. He was just about four and a half at the time. Um, and I remember he came home and he was like, Daddy, guess what? And I was like, what? He said, you're black, I'm black. And my teacher's <laughs> black too. And there's <laughs> even black that. people in my nursery. <laughs> and it was just like a moment of realisation because he hadn't mm. had that level yeah. of representation. Before. And the look on his face, it was just like, Oh my god yeah there's more of us and it was just like yeah that's right oh but 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 that is groundbreaking that is Mm -hmm. a game changer just to see yourself reflecting yourself he could think oh i could be a teacher now Mm -hmm. you you don't know what that's going to do to his mind Mm -hmm. just to open and expand and just uh inspire the next you know wave of scientists Mm -hmm. or trailblazers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thought leaders all of that that that's that's where that inspiration comes from that's yeah. that is beautiful beautiful black <laughs> joy and lastly what have you learned about yourself through adoption hmm. what about through adoption um or, or being a single parent okay easier being a single parent <laughs> that i have no patience i knew i didn't have no patience anyway <laughs> But it's now been know, confirmed. Very much apparent that I have no patience, but I'm, you know, I'm working on that, and I've definitely become more patient. Um, and I think what I've learned is there's no there's no rule book for parenting, as I'm sure. No rule book. And yeah. um, you know, unsolicited advice is is exactly that. And you know, you take from your own experiences how you were parented, and you look around you, and you know what's right and what's wrong. You just try to do what what works best for you and your family, like your family, your rules, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably what I've learned. Nice. And and just to wrap up, anybody considering adoption, what would you like to say to them? I would like to say think about it. Um, if you're doing it with somebody else, then make sure you're both aligned. Make sure you both want, um, you're doing it for the same reasons and it's something that you're both comfortable with. Take your time. Um, I know, especially if you're having, you know, 
as a family issues conceiving the conventional way it can seem like light at the end of the tunnel you might want to rush certain things but no everything happens in the right time and take it at your own pace it's a massive thing it's a massive adjustment and it can't be rushed it has to be thought uh, thought through properly and there's lots of information online um to to, to view as well that's such great advice. I'm just nodding along. That's just good life advice. It's good parenting advice and good life advice. Just be aligned. Have mm. these talks before you walk into mm. these things. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank You're you so welcome. much for talking. Um, I'm going to get the links to your group so we can share that with everybody. And I just really appreciate everything you're doing all your advocacy you being a dilf in general i think it's great <laughs> we need more of you so thank you thank you so much thank and um you. let me know when i'm coming around for dinner yes <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> you take care dope black moms if you'd like to join the dope black moms private facebook group please search dope black moms on facebook don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.